Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. In this month's episode, I am the guest. Dr. Rodney Harrison, the president of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, flips the mic on me and interviews me in my new position as vice president of operations for the Baptist Homes organization. So without further delay, here is the interview with me as the guest this time on Biblical Perspectives on Aging podcast. Hello, my name is Rodney Harrison, president of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries. Today, we're changing the format a little bit as I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Andy Brahms. Dr. Brahms serves as Vice President for Operations. So Andy, as a Christian ministry, our personal relationship with the Lord is foundational for providing Christ-like care for the aging. Let's begin by hearing how you became a Christian and how God has prepared you for the role that you have just assumed. Well, I grew up in church. That doesn't mean I was a Christian, but I did grow up in church. And from an early age, I knew a lot of facts about the Bible. I knew the stories about the Bible. And at a fairly early age, I did get baptized. And I would, as best I can say, I believe I was probably saved when that happened. Uh, However, during my teenage years, uh, my, my parents got divorced. We got away from church for a while. When I went to college, church was not an important part of my life. And I say that not to distinguish between, or not to not to bring church and God into the same equation, but they are related, obviously. Uh, I still had a belief in God, but it, he was not Lord in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Jesus wasn't Lord until... Really, my my mid to late 20s, I really made that decision that that he was Lord. And so, again, there's a period of time, Rodney, that if, um, you know, I I really don't know, uh, as far as from a salvation standpoint, if what I believed as a child would have carried forward from a salvific standpoint. Anyway. From my mid to late 20s, that certainly changed. Uh, Jesus has been Lord of my life completely from that point on. And so uh, that has led me on a lot of different avenues during that, all of which lead me to this point. So from a preparation from a vocational standpoint uh, related to VP of operations here, I have worked out out of college. I worked uh, in in the financial industry. Uh, and my background, my undergrad was actually in business administration with an emphasis in finance. So that was a part of it. From there, I began working with my father-in-law and began to do a lot of training in the IT world, the database world, uh, even some operation, uh, operating system world. That's a long time in my past. Things have changed a lot. So there's, there's a lot I've forgotten, uh, probably more that I didn't know that I have forgotten. But anyway, and then that all morphed at the same time into me pursuing a degree in Christian education at the master's level, later at the doctor of education. And in the meantime, serving on a church, not just from a laity perspective, but also originally as youth minister, associate pastor, and for these last almost 11 years now as a pastor in Northwest Missouri. So from 
The operational standpoint, uh, the maintenance side of things is something that I am learning. The, the uh, amount of code, the amount of regulations, let me say it that way, the amount of regulations that are necessary within the uh, realm of healthcare and specifically nursing home care. Uh, there are a lot, there's a lot of uh, acronyms that I am learning and trying to learn at this point in time, but having the financial background, having the IT background, being able to educate others and to equip others and, and the relational aspects of being a pastor, uh, those are all things that I bring to the table as a part of this that um, I just feel like God has equipped me over these past, even though I didn't realize where this was leading, but he's equipped me over these last, say, 25 years, 30 years even, uh, towards this moment and this time in my life. Thank you for sharing your, your personal journey. And, you know, one of our previous uh, hosts here on Biblical Perspective, Perspectives for Aging was uh, Dr. Elmer Towns. And Dr. Towns liked to share about, you know, our, our salvation experience is often more like a continuum of time rather than a point of time. Now, looking down, God knows the moment each one of us truly was born again. He knows that moment that we were saved. But, you know, oftentimes for those that are on the journey, uh, there comes a time when maybe they, they made a profession of faith in, in Sunday school or in a youth group. They, they followed in baptism. And yet maybe later on in college, there was a rededication and, and they're a little bit confused, you know, at which moment was my profession of faith, the one, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know what, we may never actually know that, um, what is important is to know today that, that we are saved and that Christ is not only our savior, but our Lord. And, um, I, I always appreciated that analogy that Dr. Towns used because again, there's no confusion with God. He knows that moment that we truly were born again, that we transitioned from death unto life. But for us, that's a part of the faith journey oftentimes. And, uh, you know, that's important because many of our residents sometimes struggle with that. We have residents in Baptist homes that grew up in a Baptist church. They grew up in a Christian community. And yet, even as they are now in the latter seasons of life, they are asking the question, do I know that I'm saved? Mm -hmm. And that is one of our uh, commitments as a Sanctity of Life organization to help them understand uh, this is what the gospel says, that, that yes, we can know that we are saved. Yes, we can know that he is truly our Savior and Lord. And yet sometimes there's a little bit of... Uh, um, difficulty on our end, knowing exactly when that happens. So with oftentimes with our residents, we, we are asked to help them to have that assurance. And of course, for that, we always go right back to scripture. What is the, what does the word say about the assurance of our salvation? Now, a moment ago, I referenced our commitment as a ministry to the sanctity of life. Um, so tell us a little bit about your commitment to the sanctity of life and uh, why that is important to you. You know, there, there's multiple aspects uh, to the idea of the sanctity of life. And I think uh, for most people out there that are not dealing with the aging, uh, we think of abortion as a, as a major part of that. And certainly it is a major part of that. I remember in a recent episode where Dr. Mackey and Patrick Bumwell were 
on Dr. Mackey said something which I think is, is so pertinent. Uh, much of our medical system is based upon uh, the care for the young, the care for those who are middle-aged and maybe entering into uh, an older age timeframe, but really not as much for the aging. And I think that'll change uh, as boomers continue to age and demand more care, better care uh, as things go on. But uh, uh, there is the end of life aspect from the physical perspective. We have the, uh, you know, the, the issue of abortion, we have the end of life, but one of the words that I have heard countless times uh, since I began, I guess, working with Baptist Homes in some way, hosting the podcast ordinarily, uh, is the word dignity. And, and so I want to just camp out on that for just a moment, because wherever anybody is in life, there is a need to uh, have dignity. We are made in the image of God, and that doesn't change from the moment of conception until the moment of, actually, it doesn't change beyond that, uh, period. But as we enter into age of life issues, uh, or in my case, even, even midlife issues, uh, our perspective changes, our understanding changes, and but our need for dignity does not. And of course, we have had if, if we think about sanctity of life, we can also move from the idea of the physical uh, and even the emotional or, or the spiritual, but uh, the racial aspect, uh, you know, of, of that is true that, you know, all races are made in the image of God. And so as we think about uh, overall the idea of sanctity of life, we have to look at the continuum of life from beginning to end, uh, the physical life, but knowing that it goes beyond and knowing that the dignity that we have now, that we desire now, uh, that we need now, that that will continue on into eternity uh, in some way. And how that is expressed, we can't completely be certain on this side of eternity. But I think that uh, we can, as you just mentioned, that those who, those senior adults who are looking for that assurance of a decision that was made in the past, a salvation that they that they long for, that uh, integrity that they want in that moment. I think that's an important part that uh, that as best we can, we can bring some of that hope and that assurance. And again, all of that relates back to dignity uh, from a physical perspective, from an emotional perspective, from a spiritual perspective. But I, I think you know we've seen so much over these last couple of years, especially. Uh, we need to not forget even the racial perspective and, and how all of that comes into play as well. And honestly, that is one of the reasons why I, I, I believe I was ready to receive this job at this time is because for two years, or I'm sorry, for a little over a year, um, each week, or you would hear me say something along the lines of, and even you can be a voice for the aging. Well, I'm a part of that you. And so uh, I can be a voice for the aging as hosting a podcast, or I can be a voice for the aging as far as being actively involved in some way, shape, or form. And so uh, when, when the opportunity to join Baptist Homes uh, as VP of Operations came about, that was a big part of the decision. In fact, there was a, a Christmas banquet, which you will be aware of, that Dr. Branch shared some things. And in that night, I was thinking about 
where am I being the voice for the aging beyond the podcast? And then this opportunity came about shortly thereafter. Um, and it was just, it was natural, very natural at that point. Wow. Well, thank you so very much for, for sharing that journey. And again, um, Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, we are committed to the sanctity of human life. We are committed to uh, providing a place of compassionate care, of dignity, but most of all, uh, a place that will um, allow those who are in the latter seasons of, of life uh, to be in a Christian environment, for those who are yet to be saved, to be able to hear the gospel, and for those who are saved, which is the vast majority of our residents um, who are believers, uh, to give them a place and a venue where they can continue to use their gifts, talents, and abilities for the glory of God. And so it is an exciting ministry, and we welcome you to that. Now, Andy, um, as with many of our listeners, you've actually only known about Baptist Homes for, uh, for a couple of years. And so uh, what are three things that excite you about this ministry? Well, one thing I've learned uh, just in my first month as being a part of this, and, and I've seen this from afar as the host and, and interacting with various people over these last 15, 16 months now, uh, is the growth. Baptist Homes has been around for nearly 110 years now, but much of that was with one campus and then with two campuses, and, and that's accelerated. But now, uh, even in the last year, there are more campuses being added, one that is active, two more that are being renovated even at this time. But uh, not to spill any beans, because I don't know what beans there are to be spilled, but uh, this isn't the end of the growth. This is the end of the opportunities as God allows, obviously. So I think uh, I, there's an excitement that uh, I have in, in joining that possibility of uh, in perspective of growth. Uh, and with that, there's a not, lot of new blood. Uh, as you know, last week for our listeners, uh, we had a workshop and uh, of the number of people that were at the workshop, um, 83% were new within the last year in some sort of a leadership perspective. And, and that is a significant number. And you might say, wow, that's a lot of turnover, but there was a lot of excitement. And some of the people involved have been a part of Baptist Homes in other ways in the past, but the, the invitation to this aspect of leadership from a cabinet perspective, it was exciting to not only see and, and to meet some of those people in from my perspective for the first time, but to hear hearts, uh, to hear, uh, to, to build bonds, it, it wasn't all about work. It was about relating with one another and, and learning about one another and, and uh, learning how we might better invest in one another as a part of that. And so I think that there's some synergy that comes uh, from that as well. And then obviously the values uh, that, Baptist Homes has uh, and cares for the, the mission and the values to uh, be that Christ-like standard of care for the aging, to want to help equip others to be a part of that, to do better at um, involving themselves in caring for the aging. And that this podcast is a part of that. Uh, and to, uh, to, to see the, the employees, the staff to grow, uh, as individuals uh, in their faith as well. Uh, and then obviously all that carries forward to the residents uh, that we can, as you said, for those that may not know Christ, uh, to be, come to that relationship with Christ, 
for those that do know Christ to, to realize that he still cares for them, even when uh, the, the aches and pains might be a little different and, and the challenges that COVID has brought as far as family and, and others being able to come to make visits and all of that, but to know that there are people that still care and stuff. So I would say those are the three main things, the growth and the, the uh, new employees and new staff, and the values are three key characteristics that uh, I see that, that excite me uh, about the future of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I wish our listeners could have just dropped into those meetings. And, uh, you know, at times they just spontaneously um, transitioned to prayer, uh, to encouragement to one another. But we also stayed very focused on the task of of how do we fulfill and live out our, our mission, vision, and values. So it is an exciting time. Now, as a believer who is married, um, you know, like all of us who are married, really, we're only complete in the context of our spouses. So uh, tell us a little bit about your wife and, and maybe even a little bit about her relationship with Baptist Homes, um, because it is a little bit unique in comparison to the rest of our, our leadership team. Sure. Uh, well, we've been married for almost 29 years at this point, and uh, we met in high school and did not pursue anything in high school because I was several years older. But as as uh, she was about to graduate, that's when we started dating and such. She uh, she became a Christian. We we think if 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 my salvation experience was uh, in the early 80s, we became Christians really right about the same time. Uh, hers was more consistent, shall we say, more known uh, going forward from that point. But she is, as you said, she she is my completion. Uh, she completes me and, and we have a great relationship and looking forward to together to this transition that we're making, uh, not only moving from being on ministry staff together uh, at church, uh, but also moving location and, and seeing how she might plug in in various ways uh, in the Jeff City area. So that's one uh, part of it. But from a Baptist Homes perspective, you know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting how God brought all of this together over, you know, a 13, 14 month period. Uh, I still recall actually nearly two years ago that you and Dr. Mackey contacted me about the prospects of hosting this podcast and then beginning to host this. And she has helped uh, on the backside of things, uh, doing some of the editing and the transcripts and things that are an important part of this. Uh, and then as time went on, five, six months into that process, she was asked to become a board member uh, of the Baptist Homes and served in that capacity faithfully for uh, several months before she was officially voted upon by the convention this year. And about a month and a half after that, she was asked, or about a month after that, she was asked to be on the executive board. And uh, then, as you know, uh, at, a, at a lunch that we were having together, she was asked, in fact, it was the very week that she was asked to be on the executive board, she was asked to step down from the executive board because uh, you were going to offer me this position. And obviously that would be a conflict of interest with her on the board and me serving uh, in this position. So uh, she has had that unique relationship with that serving as a board member. You know, it's interesting because as a pastor, there's a few things that I've kept from her. Uh, very few, you know, we, we don't like to have secrets, but she understands that. And it was interesting for a while that there were things that she would keep from me as a board member, even though I was host of the podcast, uh, you know, trying to uh, 
keep that keep that line of demarcations, so to speak, uh, in place so that there weren't any trusts being violated or anything. And uh, now that is different again because she actually probably knows still knows more about the Baptist homes at this point than I do. Uh, but my ramp up, you know, she's going to be the one that is that is uh, uh, not having all of the information. And yet I'm sure she's going to be helping out in, in many different ways from afar and maybe even uh, maybe even part time in some ways in the future as well. So uh, we are both very much looking forward to this new venture and and. Uh, the new opportunities we'll have in the Jeff City area in the weeks and months to come. Well, thank you for sharing just a little bit about Susan. Um, for our listeners, just as a, a context here, Baptist Home is governed by a 21-member board. This board is elected by the Committee of, on Nominations uh, of the Missouri Baptist Convention. They are generally going to be members of Missouri Baptist churches for the most part. Uh, we are able to have up to three of our board members from out of state, but they're all going to be connected with um, Baptist churches, and they're volunteers. They give of their time, their talents, and their treasure to support this ministry and to love this ministry. Uh, Susan was an exceptionally uh, joyous member of our board, and uh, we are going to miss her in that role of the board, but we um, we are blessed with just a, a tremendous board each year. We have some new board members that are, are going to be elected. They're actually elected by the messengers of the Missouri Baptist Convention. So it is a very, very democratic process. And we have been blessed with a, a very robust board of trustees for this ministry. So we are very blessed to have had Susan in that. Now, you also mentioned that Susan um, helped behind the scenes with the Biblical Perspectives on Aging podcast which was launched in the uh, early spring, I mean, early fall of 2020. Um, you've been hosting that for, for now some time. What was your favorite interview so far? You know, I think of the, the people that you've interviewed, uh, names uh, that range from some of the most well-known ethicists in the United States to, um, you know, Christian thinkers to prominent writers uh, such as Elmer Towns, most of the Baptist Home leadership team, financiers, every, you know, it's been quite an eclectic group that you've interviewed. But what has been your favorite interview so far and why? You know, as I was, uh, as you were setting that question up, and I'm just thinking through so many different names, uh, there's so many different possibilities. Interviewing uh, Patrick Omaha with Dr. Mackey a few weeks ago uh, was was very good, but having spent time with Patrick now, uh, considerable time with him over these last few weeks, has just deepened a, a bond and a relationship, and especially uh, with his, with him being from Kenya and, and that being a big part of my mission work that I do, that's helped. I remember Tom Turner uh, sharing how their facilities down in South Carolina have they're a call center. They're a part of the call center for Billy Graham and, and things. And, and certainly the, the opportunity to interview Dr. Towns, just to talk to Dr. Towns, both on camera and off for a while was, was very much uh, intriguing. But really, as, as I think through that question, Rodney, the, I think the, and it was a very early interview. It was one of the very first interviews, one of the very first episodes uh, with Dr. Ben Mitchell. As the ethicist, as you said, and well-known in that regard, but again, there's, there is a great amount of, of information 
that we hope, uh, that most podcast hosts, I believe, hope comes through within the interview, within the episode itself. Uh, And I remember specifically within that episode, him talking about his father uh, being aged and um, beginning to need some different care and how some of the, you know, some of the things that we think about from a theory perspective, uh, when we have to put into practice, we, we wonder how that will hold. We wonder how how we will react in those moments, perhaps. And you could just see Dr. Mitchell realizing that this was his moment. And this was not just a podcast to convey some information, but it was something personal. Uh, he, he indicated that he planned to continue listening to the podcast and to get some tips and some thoughts and some help from that. And I believe he probably is. But there was so much that was that was done off screen as well. Uh, just communication that we had, uh, praying together as we did, and and that happens in so many different interviews. But that that's the one. As as there's just so many I can think through little snippets here and there that were good in moments or that were good for the most part. But uh, I really appreciated that interview with with Dr. Mitchell and and uh, seeing how he was beginning to process some of these life issues personally, uh, even as he was trying to address, uh, address them from a theoretical perspective for the audience. That was one of the, the highlight interviews, one that I enjoyed immensely. And just as a reminder to our listeners, you can access past episodes of Biblical Perspectives uh, on Aging. And uh, so I would encourage you to go back and re-listen to the episode with Dr. Ben Mitchell, a recently retired ethicist um, who is still contributing through his writings and through his influence. But uh, again, very, very pertinent because he was, when I called him, he was just beginning that journey with his father, um, you know, kind of in the midst of what, what are we going to be doing? What decisions do we need to make? And, you know, that's where many of our listeners find ourselves. They, they find out about the, the podcast because, they are at a season of need. They're, they're looking for answers. They've gotten to that point where they're asking the question, do we need to take away the keys? You know, my parents still drive, but do we need to take away the keys because we're afraid that they might harm themselves or others? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, is mom able to care for herself? Because when you go there, you realize maybe there's no fresh food in the refrigerator or she's been wearing the same thing for over a week or that the clean clothes are in the dryer and the dirty clothes, you know, are, are in the drawer. Uh, yeah, all these kind of things can happen and it, it, we need resources. So I appreciate your hosting, uh, Biblical Perspectives on Aging. Now, in your new role, what are some changes that you anticipate for this resource? Well, one of the things that we have just announced is that we're going to move this podcast to a monthly uh, basis. And, and this episode that will air in March, this will be the first, uh, I'm sorry, this will episode, episode will air in February. This will be the last kind of uh, under the normal process that we've been doing, even though it will all be one episode. But in March, we're going to begin just one a month. And that's going to allow us to uh, try to make these better. I think the content has been good. I think the guests have been great, but it will allow us not to 
have to rush through finding guests to find episodes, but to take time to do that. And one of the things we've talked with our communications team about is trying to tie the content where we can to the magazine that uh, Baptist Homes puts out on a regular basis. And some of that might be to interview some of the same people that may be featured uh, in the magazine. If there's an article about one of our administrators or about one of our staff members or or something, or just maybe from a, a position perspective, like our directors of nursing in general, that would be one thing. But also then that that magazine comes out quarterly. And if we could take the additional time to go deeper on some of those issues. If there's a particular issue that is addressed and maybe we do have somebody from Baptist Homes to speak to that issue, maybe they're a part of the the interview for the magazine. Maybe we, we do a part of a podcast with them, part of the episode, but then maybe in the next month we bring in another expert like a Dr. Mitchell or somebody like that that can bring in some things. So that's by, by moving it to a monthly basis, you will get all of the episode in one download instead of a little bit here and there. Now that's going to mean that the episodes are a little longer rather than 15 to 20 minutes, uh, which is a good car drive for many. You, you might have to listen to it to and from <laughs> uh, work on a day. But, but I do think it will allow us to do some different things and maybe provide a little bit of synergy between some of our other communication tools and what we're trying to do long term with this podcast as well. Well, I appreciate that you have uh, done so much with not only founding and developing our biblical perspectives on aging podcasts, but also your vision for the resource in the future. Now, speaking of resources, do you have a, a book or a film that you would like to recommend to listeners? I, I've, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've always enjoyed that question. At the end of many of the podcasts, they'll ask the listener, is there a book or a film or a resource that you would recommend? So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and turn the table since you, uh, you let me have the keys to the uh, podcast today. So Andy, what, what book or film would you recommend to our listenership? You know, genre plays a huge role in this. And uh, if, if there's one book, if, if somebody just asked, if you would ask for one book, I always say Knowing God by J.I. Packer, because I, I believe it captures theology in a very understandable way. If I remember right, it was written as a series of newspaper articles for a London newspaper back in the 70s. And so it's, it, it communicates things in a very good way. But uh, just, just generally speaking, because of uh, genres, so many people have different perspectives on genres. History books, I really like the work of Ron Chernow, uh, his book on Washington, uh, his book on Alexander Hamilton are great. Uh, I love David McAuliffe from a history perspective. I'm a big fan of Chip Ingram from a Christian perspective. And, you know, a lot of people might know of, of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, but Ingram wrote a book called Good to Great in God's Eyes. So he uh, brings that from a spiritual perspective. I think that's good. But one book I read last year that that is really climbed my list one of my favorite books, it's a top 10. I don't know that it's quite top five yet, but it's called The Warmth of Other Sons uh, by Wilkinson, Wilkinson, female author. And it's it's about the great migration of, of from the 19-teens into the 1970s and actually beyond of, of people moving from the South, African-Americans moving from the South into uh, Detroit, Chicago, New York, and then one story, but it, it's more than just a series of facts. 
uh, or simple antidotes. The, the author follows three different individuals in their life uh, as they moved from the South to the North and, and not just for a decade, but over their lifetime, uh, gets, a, gets an interview with each of those and, and is expanded. It's, it's just an excellent book to give a perspective on uh, many of the challenges that African-Americans faced during that time, uh, even as they moved to, to new things. So again, more of a history book, I guess, in that regard, but uh, again, so many different genres. You asked a movie, oh, I, I don't watch as near as many movies, but uh, I'm, I'm probably one of the few, you know, 50 year old males that would say my favorite movie of all time was The Sound of Music. Uh, but th that was true, um, or it still is true largely. Anyway, th that would be some resources that I would that I would throw out there. Well, thank you very much for sharing that and uh, hope that our listeners, including myself, will uh, take advantage of those recommendations. I'm always looking for a good book to read and I would concur. I love the movie, The Sound of Music. Well, Andy, I know there, there's a lot of transitions coming up in your life. I know I'm going to be up at your church for a commissioning service on February 13th um, as your local church where you have pastored for nearly a decade. Um, is going to be commissioning you to this new ministry. But as you and Susan move to the Jefferson City area, you know, this is, a, this is not only a career change, a calling transition, but a, a definitely a geographical change for you. How can we be praying for you and your family? Well, just from a logistic standpoint, uh, I had a date wrong from a moving perspective, and that's causing a little bit of an issue from a timing perspective. The church is being gracious. It doesn't change our, our last day, but it changes when we move out of the house in the town. And we actually live in a church-owned home, but they've been gracious to give the extra time. It's early only a week, but it's, it's thrown a lot of other uh, moving parts into disarray a little bit. Getting to know the area, we, we've been through Jeff City. We've stopped in Jeff City for a few board meetings and stuff, but we neither one of us have really spent much time there. And so we we know very few people in the area other than the few people I've met, you know, in the first few weeks uh, on the job. But so getting to know the area and getting to know the housing situation. Uh, thankfully, we've, we've got a little bit of time to look for a house. Thankfully, we're not pressed into selling a home in our current location. Again, it's the church owns the home, so uh, we don't have to worry about that aspect. But understanding where would be a good place for us to live, to begin to settle into the next part of our life, and, and you know, beginning to make those kinds of adjustments are, are a big part of those things. So again, the Lord has, has given us some, some very distinct favor uh, towards all of those things in recent weeks. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to moving forward in all of that. Uh, but again, some of those logistics um, are just need to be settled. And so, you know, praying for praying for us to find a good home that would, would serve us for us and, and uh, however, and, and a good location, helping my wife to uh, find her way, helping for us to just, just to know how to navigate a new area and uh, to, to say goodbye to a place. It's been almost 11 years, Rodney, and, and it's, it, we've got a lot of good friends in this area. Church family, we, we are family. And so uh, that's going to be an interesting transition and glad that you're going to help be a part of that uh, in the coming weeks. 
Well, I am looking forward to being back at Fairfax Baptist Church. The listeners may not know that I had the privilege of serving as the interim pastor of that church. There is another pastor in between my being there and then uh, Brother Andy coming to the church, but uh, it's a, a great group of people. I have so many, so many fond memories of my time there at Fairfax. And uh, so, well, we're going to be closing in prayer. And, uh, you know, for some of you that are going to be listening to the, the podcast, um, probably some of these things that we're praying for today are going to be answered by the time you're, you're listening. Um, God will have given some guidance there. But it also is an invitation to continue to pray for Andy and for Susan uh, for this ministry. And so uh, let us close in prayer and let us give thanks for, to the Lord for bringing Andy and Susan to Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries in this new capacity. Father, we do pray for Andy and Susan as they, they transition from Fairfax, Missouri to Jefferson City, um, kind of you know, sometimes it seems like you're in the same state, but uh, there is a night and day difference between the northwest corner of Missouri and the uh, central part of the state. And so, Lord, we would pray that you would work out all of the logistics according to your perfect will. May even this scheduling anomaly that, that caused the plans to be a week off have a purpose that we don't even see or recognize at this point. Lord, we would ask that you would um, help them to have wisdom and discernment as they seek a home. And we do pray, Lord, that uh, that right home would be available, that it would be a place that as people enter that home, they know and sense your presence, for it is a place and a space dedicated unto you. Father, I would additionally pray that you would help them to find a church home. Um, as Andy transitions from shepherding a local congregation to um, being a part of a team that is shepherding a Christian organization. Lord, I pray that you would, um, you would guide them and direct them in finding a church home in the Jefferson City area where they will be able to continue to serve you, use their gifts, talents, abilities, and experiences to bring glory to your name, and a place, Lord, where they will also be um, receiving on a, on a weekly basis or whenever they're in town and not ministering in other churches, that it would be a place where they will be recharged, filled, and fed with the good food of your word. So, Father, we thank you for Andy. We thank you, Lord, for the transition that is uh, forthcoming. And, uh, Lord, we continue to ask your favor and blessing upon the ministry and the members and the residents of Baptist Homes and Healthcare. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Andy. Blessings on you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope this episode was helpful to you to get to know me a little bit, since I am normally the one asking others for their information. A reminder for you that we are now moving to monthly episodes for this podcast with new episodes planned for the second Tuesday of every month. So tune back in in March for the next episode of Biblical Perspectives on Aging. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. 
To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.